you're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Today on the podcast, we are talking with Emma Roman, and she's a mom of two, an environmental engineer. She has a ton of experience in the green building field. And her company, Green at Home, is one that I have been leaning on for information and following for many, many years. I met Emma at events in the city years ago, and we've kept in touch. And I just think she's a wealth of knowledge. She's a very great podcast. And yeah, when it comes to healthy and green living, I think she does a beautiful job of being very practical and simple in the way that she approaches it. She's also a myth buster. And if you follow her online, then you know she has a lot of fun delivering her content and educating people. And you can't miss her with that fiery red hair and beautiful smile. She's she's so much fun to watch online. I love it when people take what they're doing and just have fun with it. And also myth busting in the space of like green living is is a great one, right? But when it comes to like understanding toxins and how we can really impact the overall health of our home, she is my go-to. Today's episode is a great one. I think you're going to learn a lot. I would love it if you can tag Emma and myself if you're listening and you take something away or you make a small change in your home. I would love that. Remember, there's a ton of information and even misinformation when it comes to toxins in the products you use every day. And Emma is here to help us. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation, you guys. I have been following Emma and like crossing paths at events like pre-COVID with you for a very long time. And I've always been so fascinated with what you do and the programs that you build. And so we're going to hear all about that today. And then I'm also going to grill her about the air quality in my home. (laughs) First of all, why don't you tell everybody what it is that you do and who you help. Sure. I am an environmental engineer by education, and I've been in the green building industry for over 15 years now. And I took my interest in green buildings and knowledge that I had learned in school. I started my green building journey as a co-op student and got really interested in just what it means to have green buildings. And that Introduced me to the impact that our indoor air has on our health. In school, I learned about our water and what our treatment plants couldn't remove from our drinking water. And when I had my kids, I started to think about our home in a whole new way. I had started making changes before having kids, like switching to natural deodorants and then switching back to conventional deodorants because I didn't like the natural ones and getting rid of my dryer (laughs) sheets and, you know, kind of dabbling in things here and there. But when I had my kids, that's when I really started to pay more attention to it. And when my son was born, my second, I 
accidentally ended up down the biggest rabbit hole of research in my life because I wanted to figure out if what I was doing was worth it and not so secretly wanted to discover that I didn't need to be paying for organic groceries and hippie baby products. <laughs> and instead, I found the opposite. And I started my company, Green at Home. And my focus is on helping educate and empower other moms and moms-to-be to be able to make conscious and confident decisions that will have a positive impact on their health and the long-term health of their family, specifically by reducing toxics. I love it. Anytime I'm about to replace something in my home, I always like find myself on your website or like scrolling to see if I can find like, where should I be buying a mattress or like what kind of like non-sick pan should I be looking for? Like I'm always trying to be mindful if I've been replacing something. I've always told everybody like, you don't need to go through your home and throw out absolutely everything. But like, as you run out of a product or you have to replace something, maybe there's like, you know, more options, a better choice, whatever. But you always serve up the best content with like the most real and authentic kind of like approach, right? Like you, you don't want people to go spend money where they don't need to spend money. And I love how you're so focused on education. So thank you. It's wonderful. And I love that you're working with families because especially like you said, when you have kids, I can only imagine if I had started my journey in this before I had kids or when I was thinking about having kids versus like when the kids were young and you've got a million things that you're trying to juggle. And then I put this whole extra thing on top of me. It was it was really when Stella had like skin and like digestive issues. I think that was usually there's like a thing. Right. And that pushed me into like, okay. Well, these things aren't working. I'm feeling really desperate. And then I started to, like you said, like go down these like massive rabbit holes. I clearly remember this bath where Stella was playing in the bath and I'm sitting beside the bathtub and I have my phone out and I'm like scanning every <laughs> product. Yep. What's that crap? The like, dirty number for skin deep. Yes. yes. And I, exactly. And I'm like, oh. Oh, like all the way through the bathroom. Oh my gosh. Like anything over a three. I was like, just, oh my God. And then I went a little bit overboard in the like, I totally was the person that went through my whole bathroom and, and threw everything out that I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was no good. I think for me, that was a moment where I realized that's probably where my, my mind and my, like my eyes were opened to greenwashing. Mm-hmm. So can you tell everybody what that is? Yeah. And I mean, your experience is so common because when people start to become aware of this issue, they start to see more things related to it, right? And so when you're beginning to be concerned about ingredients or even just curious, like, what does this mean? And you go and you scan a product in an app and it comes up with this big red number. It's like you might as well just throw up a skull and crossbones when you're like a new parent starting to freak out about everything. Right. And it's I love those apps. I think they are wonderful tools to have in your toolbox. However, they are also very, very limited in the information that they spit out. So one thing that they're they're pretty good at doing is helping you identify greenwashing by uncovering the actual ingredients in the product. So greenwashing is intentional or accidental, depending on the case, but it's when a product is labeled as being green or 
non-toxic or eco-friendly when it doesn't really have the actual backup to those claims. Some common terms are natural and having Mm -hmm. leaves on bottles or having packaging that's green. A very, very, very common conventional baby product brand has these things all over the packages, but they are not products that most consumers would look at and consider as green. And this is because there's very little, if any, regulation around these kinds of terms on packages. And so, you know, you can put natural on a product. You could even use the word organic, depending on how it's used. If it is certified, there are limitations, but you can use the word organic without it really meaning much. One of my favorites is naturally derived. A lot of things come at some point from a natural source, but naturally derived could mean mean everything from an essential oil that is naturally derived and slightly processed to turn it into the essential oil to an ingredient that has been so heavily processed, it is no longer recognizable as a natural substance, right? And so it's these kind of things that I kind of started reading between the lines on a lot of packaging once I became aware of how much greenwashing was out there. And I've been duped by it. It's Some are very clever and crafty. And it's something that I think holds a lot of people back from starting their journey or being able to make progress because you have the best intentions. You buy something and then someone tells you, actually, it's got this in it, or actually, this company is horrible for the environment. And it can be really upsetting to think that you've put your money and your trust in a product only to find out that it is not what it said it was. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I remember sending you a product. I don't know if you remember this, like a really long time ago. And what I love is like you were educating me because you're like, actually, this specific ingredient, like overall, sure, it might be better than some, but there's actually this specific ingredient in it, which I wouldn't want to use. And I was like, oh, that's when I started to go to better websites that actually like taught me or like showed me what specific ingredients within it were all about. So can you tell us some of those websites where you might direct people to? Yeah. So we mentioned the Think Dirty app. That's a good one because you can scan products and you can type out your own ingredient list as well. EWG Skin Deep is another one. It is American. So it has, it has very limited Canadian products in it. Think Dirty is Canadian. It was developed by a woman in Toronto, actually, but it's got a wide range of of products in general. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for. And it will break down to the best of the app's ability what the ingredient list is. So I still recommend that you check it against the product that you have in your hand because they're not updated in real time. It's not like the companies are sending it, hey, skin deep, I just updated my ingredient (laughs) list. So it is good to cross-reference. However, again, when you get that rating of the overall product, I still recommend that you go into the individual ingredient list because sometimes they'll flag things that really aren't that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. However, you also need to know what your goals are, right? So some ingredients are processed in a way that means they may be contaminated with some carcinogenic ingredients. Now, the amount of these in itself in the product could be very low on the ingredient list, which means it's in fairly low concentration. And then there's a potential risk of contamination, which means 
very, very, very small amount of potential contamination. That may be okay for some people. It may not be okay for others. You know, for some people who are concerned about skin allergies and if there's this one ingredient in a product that they otherwise love that may have the potential to be contaminated, maybe it's not a priority at this time if they're still struggling to find a laundry soap that doesn't send them into rashes, right? So you have to really kind of weigh the pros and cons against what you are going through. Now with reading labels, I've been focusing mainly on skincare, but for cleaning products, the EWG Guide to Healthy Cleaning is the best one that I've found so far because they have gone the extra step to identify the ingredients in the cleaners that they list because cleaning products don't, as of yet, need to disclose ingredients on the label. I know. It's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. But it's all on a shelf, so everyone trusts yeah. it. <laughs> and it, it is changing. So I'm finding that even if you don't see ingredients on the package itself, if you go to the manufacturer website, more and more of them are disclosing it on there. And the laws will be changing. California is leading the charge on this in a lot of different ways. And because California is pretty much its own country when it comes to like GDP or the amount that they spend on products, whatever California says needs to happen, there's pretty much a trickle effect across North America. So I think we will start to see more and more disclosure. We're seeing it in fragrance too, in terms of fragrance ingredient disclosure. So it's changing, but just because it's disclosed, you know, it's still kind of up to us to figure out if what's in it is acceptable to us or not. Okay. That makes sense. I ended up at some point just deciding it was cheaper for me to make my own stuff. However, I'm like, I still need like a good backup product that I'm just like, yep. sometimes it's, oh my gosh, I forgot to like make or get the ingredients to make like my laundry soap or whatever. And I need like a really good backup for it. been buying even laundry soap like the entire pandemic because I haven't right? remembered to buy the freaking washing soda and soap flakes that I can't get locally here anymore. So, yeah, you know. It's true. But once and I have the ingredients, it, is, it takes me like two seconds. It's kind of ridiculous that I haven't just gone on to well.ca and ordered the stupid stuff. But you know what? Pandemic, I'm just, I I make my other cleaners. That's all fine because it just uses baking soda and Castile soap. And those are super easy to find. So, you know, it's been two years since I've made my laundry detergent. My you make, laundry you soap, make me but, feel so much better because that is absolutely, it's like the timeline of moving out of the city where I could get things more frequently and the pandemic. And I just, yeah, I'm not making it like I used to. But, and even just like, I got the new countertops and the guy was like, yeah, you have to use like a bleach product, you know, like Vim. And I was like, I don't use Vim. What countertops do you have? They're just like a white, like quartz countertops or something. Baking soda (laughs) and stuff works on it fine. But the guy, like, almost like he was taking pity on me. He like left me these like, legit like chemical filled cleaners like he was like these are the things you need to use on your countertops and now if I were to open those like I absolutely have like smelled them and used them and kind of like been like oh just sort of comparing to what I would used to use and like if I notice a difference in, in what they do and now the smells of these products irritate not just me but the kids because I had like completely taken them out of our yeah. home. It's so interesting once, once they're gone. It's like if I were to walk down certain aisles in the grocery store or like at a shoppers or something, 
I can have like almost like an instant headache from just the intensity. I cannot handle the laundry aisle. Like I, I, I can't even barely walk past the end cap without me. And luckily I don't have, like, I really feel for people who have actual like multiple chemical sensitivity or extreme allergies like these people can't go in public because of these sensitivities and it drives me nuts that it's not taken more seriously but i just i don't know what it is it causes almost like a stress response in my body and i i have a hard time with smells but it's i think i don't know if it's psychological or if it's just my body being like yeah we don't like this and so it tries to push me away but i used to wear perfume i used to use like bounce laundry sheets and fabric softener and and I did all the things. I don't know at what point they started bothering me, but I think it's a good thing that your body is telling you that these are not something that you want to be around. It's the kind of yeah, thing that I think absolutely. we should listen to. For sure. You know what I think might be helpful for people is if they have something and they haven't linked it back to maybe a product. So what do you see sometimes like you mentioned rashes? And it could be related to something like laundry. So I know there's a ton of things that can set off asthma symptoms. Like somebody even told me that the chemicals that they put into the water parks that kids use is enough to like flare up a child who has like severe asthma symptoms. I was like, I don't, I bet many people don't think about that. What, what else do you see when people are coming to you and they're like kind of in that desperate spot and they haven't, maybe they're like at the end of the rope and they don't know what else it could be. Like what else could people notice? When it comes specifically to asthma and allergies, like with respiratory stuff, I, I mean, there's a lot and it it might not even be environmental that is the underlying trigger. But for most people, you're not going to get rid of the symptoms without also addressing your environment. So I was actually diagnosed with asthma in my 20s. I had always been a very active kid. I had seasonal allergies as a child, but never anything close to asthma, got ambitious and started doing triathlons. And apparently I had asthma. And so I worked on internal health, but that was also around the same time that I started connecting the dots between certain things from my allergies, my asthma. I had horrendous menstrual cycles. And so when it came to asthma and allergies, allergies, actually, I think seeing a naturopath is what solved it. And then, you know, I couldn't avoid the grass and everything. So I wasn't allergic to products. With the asthma, I suspect that student housing did not help my case. And so one of the biggest contributors would be mold. And I know that's not an easy thing to necessarily fix, but just because Mm -hmm. something is big and scary doesn't mean we should ignore it because it could mean the difference between asthma and not asthma. So mold is kind of one of the first things that I suggest looking for and identifying if there is an issue in your house with mold. When it comes to product ingredients, there are a few different ingredients that can be concerning. The main one, which we've talked about briefly, is fragrance. And the problem with fragrance right now is that the individual ingredients do not need to be listed. And so it's easy for someone to say they're allergic to fragrance, but what is it in there that you're allergic to? And there are common allergens that are found in both natural and synthetic fragrances that can trigger people. And so sometimes switching to unscented 
is the easiest fix. And I recommend that the same strategy if people have eczema, because eczema is very closely linked with respiratory allergies as well, particularly in young children. You may not manifest both of them, but by eliminating fragrance, you can help prevent either of them from coming up if you've got one already. So fragrance is the It's probably the easiest thing because it's one word on the ingredient list that you need to look for. You do need to look for the ingredient list with the word fragrance on it, though, because products can say, oh, I think it's unscented and still Mm. have fragrance in it because the ingredients in the product itself have a smell. And so they can add these masking fragrances. So the end result doesn't have a smell, but the fragrance ingredients that may be allergenic to you could still be in the product. So you still want to make sure that it's got that no fragrance. And, you know, it's not just cleaners and skincare that we're talking about. It's It got hard for a while even to find garbage, like kitchen garbage bags without fragrance or Febreze. And so it's being added to a lot more products I'm finding. So I think it's being mindful and kind of walking through your home and identifying where you might have fragrance without even thinking about it. Like, do you have plugins? Do you have dryer sheets? Do you have garbage bags that smell like fake meadow? So that's that's kind <laughs> of the first thing. And from a, oh, and the other one for people with skin allergies, methyl isothiazolinone and benzisothiazolinone. Yeah, I say that 10 times fast. The isothiazolinones, it's kind of a class of chemical and they're preservatives. And methyl isothiazolinone was actually identified as allergen of the year at one point by some dermatology association. But it's it can be found in some green products as well. And so for a lot of people, it may be totally fine. But if you're struggling with allergies or eczema, you may need to kind of widen your list of things to avoid. And that's one of the key ones that I I see in some in a lot of different products. And then there's housekeeping. You know, if if addressing the products that you're using in your home feels too daunting or you're worried about having to read labels, then things like dusting more regularly, you know, reducing carpet if you're if you've got it's harder if you've got wall to wall, then you know, you might need to renovate, which may not be an option. But if you're thinking of like, if you've got a carpet added to a floor in a room with a child with allergies, for example, removing that can make it a lot easier to keep the room clear of allergens. So there's, there's lots of different things to kind of work through depending on how much you have the capacity to address. Yeah, I well, just before we hit record, I was telling Emma that I got this new vacuum cleaner a couple months ago. It's nothing fancy, but it's pretty awesome. And I geek out on it because it can, it basically shows me like what I'm sucking up and it, and it cleans and washes, like it sucks up and it washes. It's anyways, I won't tell you about my, my vacuum cleaner that I geek out on, but yeah, I have a rug in the basement that was around during a renovation. And I feel like no matter what I do, I can't. And it's also like a main play area. It's like, it's the basement. It's like the area I don't really care about. And therefore the kids can go crazy. And so like at certain times of year, especially in the summer, I'm sucking up like sand, like so much stuff. And I can't believe it. And I've also noticed if I am really on top of vacuuming, I feel like everybody is just breathing easier. 
And also I've experienced, I've done a few different renovations. And if I wait on cleaning the ducts, it's usually, it usually leads to something. And I always tell this to people because it seems so basic, but I was, you know, avoiding the guys that always call and ask you if you want your ducts clean. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And he was like, yeah, they were pretty bad. Did you have a renovation? And I was like, yes. And if you have like somebody in the home with like a lingering cough or like, just lingering respiratory stuff and you're trying all kinds of things, I think it's definitely worth doing. My parents live in an old home and I feel like they go through different seasons where they're, they just put up with certain Mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, no, no, there's got to be more to this. Okay. So, but let's go back to my house for a second. I could ask you questions all day, (laughs) but okay, let's go back to my house. I shared online that I'm measuring the air quality in my basement and I'm using this little machine that was gifted to me. And so what I tap it and it tells me, it sends like an alert to my phone, tells me noise, air quality, temperature, and something else. And I put it in six different places in my basement and they were all red. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I started to, first I did like a massive clean. Then I ran some pretty big diffusers. And then I went and bought myself a very large dehumidifier. and. In like three weeks, the readings were all fine, <laughs> but nothing had gone to good. And I'm collecting a very large, like multiple liters of water in my dehumidifier every single day. So tell me what this means. <laughs> I mean, the dehumidifier can mean a lot of things. Is it still collecting it in the winter? Yes. Yeah. So, so you know actually tipped me off about the dehumidifier. Like, I think it's basic. It's a, it's a basement. I live near the water. I'm on a sump pump, right? And it's an older home. I've renovated upstairs, but not fully downstairs. And so I was like, technically there could be anything under this wood floor, right? But my salt, salt lamp, if the salt lamp wasn't on and maybe I hadn't gone downstairs in a day or so, when I went down, the salt lamp was almost like wet Mm. on the outside. And I was like, that can't be right. Like there's way too moisture, way too much moisture in the air. And now I'm collecting a lot of water. So old foundations weren't really made to be waterproof, right? So it's probably just sucking in, I don't know, is your basement waterproofed? Do you know? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think at least one half of it is. Yeah. So, so that would mean there's like cement, maybe insulation and then the wall. Yeah. So you're going to end up with seepage. And so also if you have a sump pump, then you've got constant water sitting there, right? So it's not that unusual for we have a dehumidifier running in our basement all the time and it we just drain it to the sump pump. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. Don't listen. No, Diddy. somebody told me I should do that. <laughs> and then I was I was actually curious about how much water I would get. So I haven't connected. It, it just makes it pump. so that you don't need to worry about emptying it. Like I know because yeah. our basement is unfinished. We don't use it for anything but storage. So it would sit there full for like days on end, not doing us any yeah. good. So we just pipe it. And I do, I do suggest it piping it into your, into your sump for that reason. And then you just don't have standing water and you're less likely to collect mold and stuff in your, in your basin and everything. So that's probably what it is. Same thing here. Like part of, part of the reason we have it, our town has a very high water table. Not a lot of houses here even have basements and we do. It's just pretty shallow. And so it's probably more of just a water table thing and you're constantly seeping water in from either your sump pump or it's just drawing water from 
the outside. Do you think that that means that there could be more likely a chance of mold? And like, what would you tell somebody who's like, I'm not sure, but I'm kind of curious. Like, how would I go about that? Do I need to bring somebody in? Yeah. So, I mean, you can, if you've got visible moisture on walls, if you've got windows in your basement that are condensing, if you're constantly having to wipe around the windowsills, like mold needs water and food. It's a very simple, basic annoying little substance but it's everywhere right some uh, we're living with different funguses and molds all the time and not all of them are terrible for us but there is a lot unfortunately of unhealthy mold that can grow in the home so i think if you are moving air around and you're not seeing a lot of signs so the first would be visible signs and you know like we were talking before you hit record you have a nose that can identify mold just by the smell. And a lot of people do. I have a sensitivity to mold as well. So I know, I know when I'm in the vicinity of it. So I think mold is one of those things that, I mean, if you can see it, you definitely need to deal with it. It can cause health impacts from some people don't react to it at all to you can have debilitating mold illness. There's a spectrum and you can't really guess where you're going to fall on the spectrum. So even if you're not reacting to mold, if you see it, you should get rid of it. And that is a whole other topic of conversation. I'm not a mold remediation expert, but you should definitely consult with one if that is a concern to you. You don't see mold. You don't notice a like standing moisture problem. You've never had a leak in your walls that might suggest you have a risk of mold, but you've got health issues that just will not quit, like fatigue, respiratory issues, obviously skin issues, things that kind of fall under the undiagnosed can't solve the problem issues. Then, I mean, there's a slew of things that could be going on, but looking at molds and if you can, working with a mold literate practitioner, if you do find that mold could be the culprit is really important. This is an emerging, I think, field. And I think more people are affected more than they know. And it's a really big issue in things like public housing. So, I mean, there's, there's a, again, much bigger conversation as well in terms of accessibility and mm-hmm. environmental racism and all of that. But in your own home, I think it's worth paying attention to and, and being proactive. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like when there's so much out of our control in the middle of a health crisis, let's remember it is a health yep. crisis. <laughs> You're like, sometimes we, certain people are forgetting that. <laughs> it is a health crisis. And then it feels like so much is out of our control. What is still in our control is what's happening in our home. And, and so, yeah, I put that in, in this area where I think there's just still so many small things we can do that can make like a really big impact. And I love that you always take it back to like long-term health because yeah, there's things we can be doing every single day that are helping us, but then there's also these like really proactive or preventative things we can be doing for long-term quality of life. So I love that. Okay. So I want to know, and I want to make sure everyone else knows how we would work with you or what kinds of people are working with you. I have my membership, the Healthy Home Collective, and it is for primarily young families, but it's everybody after they've had a baby. I also have a prep and for pregnancy course for the preconception and early pregnancy crowd. But the membership is a 
year long and more. A lot of people want to continue working with me for support where you get monthly action plans. I break down in kind of priority sequence the things that you can do in your house, both product based, but also habits and strategies that don't cost any money. And you get access to coaching with me as well in the group and a ton of resources. And it's it's a way to take away the overwhelm because like you said, yes, you can control what you do in your house, but there are also lots of things that are technically within your control, but not really because they're too expensive or you just purchased a home and you're not going to be doing any kind of remodeling. You're stuck with what is in there. So there's you know, there's there are ways mm-hmm. that you can cherry pick different strategies that work for you. And my whole goal is to help. It's a bit like a choose your own adventure, this whole detox your home strategy, because nobody is going to go down the exact same path as another person. We all have our own goals, our own limitations, our own support systems or lack of support. And so I think it's important that you know there is no right or wrong. It's about being confident in what you can do and knowing that the choices that you're making are making a difference for your family. I love that. Okay. What was it called again? Tell us. The the Healthy Home Collective. Healthy Home Collective. Awesome. Okay, great. I'll make sure that they can find all the information about that in the show notes. And I'm also going to include in the show notes that big, long, fancy word that is a chemical that is methyl isothiazolidone. <laughs> that one. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And like, there's so much more that I know we could learn from you. So if you're not following Emma online, you have to find her and follow along because there's just so many things that you can learn from her. Thank you. Again. Thank you. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Emma underscore green at home. And my Facebook group is the green product forum. She makes powerful waves, big, bold moves, and listens to the whispers of her wild soul. Whisper is my newest co-authored book, a collection of 16 beautiful stories from amazing women. You are going to find so much hope and feel so seen in the pages of Whisper. This book is in pre-sale in February and March. All signed copies that are brought in pre-sale will be shipped out in early April And April 12th, we hit Amazon and local bookstores. Thank you guys so much for all of your support with my books. I absolutely love writing and I do it because I really enjoy it. I really enjoy writing and creating and bringing women together to share their stories. This book is one of those books where you're getting like the behind the scenes, maybe the not told versions of everything that went into the life you see on Instagram. Okay. Like let's think about it like that. We love behind the scenes stories, right? Our culture loves them. The untold story, you know, the podcast story series that we follow along with. This is what this book is. It's short little insights into a woman's life. Maybe the moments that she didn't listen to her intuition or the moments that she finally started listening to her intuition, the unexpected things that she was thrown and what she reflected on on the other side of navigating through it. It's a beautiful collection, guys. You guys are going to love this book. I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. 
Remember, Whisper is available in pre-sale until early March, okay? And those signed copies will be shipped early April, and then it will be available to everybody on Amazon April 12th. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.